Mills to Ablett. Oh, just a link You'll be okay. Justin Madden's got the sit. One hand. Oh, he's got it. Oh, oh. oh the post is broken. Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. And you better believe it, Julian. We are celebrating lives. Not that anyone's dead, heaven forbid, but we're celebrating the life of another legend of the game. A person as a commentator who I love to call. At times I uh, likened him to a Brick Scheisenhausen. Such was the toughness and determination of this dynamic leader of the West Coast Eagles. A lot of people have uh, rung me and said on a Sunday morning right across the nation, they try and guess who's on because they don't go to them straight away. He is a great man. He was a great player. He was a great coach. I'm delighted to be in the same club as him. The 200 games, two premiership club. It's pretty exclusive and I'm a big head, I know, but I'm actually delighted to be up there, not in the same world as this bloke. 233 senior games, 24 for South Fremantle, 209 for West Coast, between 87 and 98. You're getting him? West Coast captain, 91, 98. You're getting close. West Coast premiership captain, 92, 94. West Coast coach, 202 to 2013. The West Coast Premiership coach 206, you've got it. Have another muffin and a cup of coffee. West Australian Football Hall of Fame inducted 204 and won't be long before he's inducted in the AFL Hall of Fame and I, for one, will be delighted. Born September 25, 1968. To This Is Your Football Life right across the nation, welcome John Worsfold. Thanks very much, Rex. It's great to be on your program. In the early years of you growing up uh, as a sand groper and sitting back talking to me today all over the nation, are you surprised at all at the success you had and, and your record? Well, yeah, records we always talk about, you, you reflect on them um, after you're done and dusted. And um, as you're going along, you're just always so focused on the next training session and the next little challenge that's ahead of you. So... Um, along the way, I was lucky to celebrate some great moments, which you um, you take a small amount of time to appreciate at the time, but otherwise you get back to the, the job at hand. So when I reflect back now, um, I just think I had a, a great time. I had a lot of fun, um, met a lot of brilliant people along the way. And then there's a few little things that um, that you could say meant you did a really good job, which is nice yeah. because you, you know how much work you put in. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, success and, and how you feel you achieved is always in your own mind. Other people label it against other um, other players, other coaches, other people. But for me, I just, uh, you know, I did my best and, uh, and I had a great time doing it. What's your earliest recollection of the great Australian air conveyance game? Uh, I think it's a, it's a bit fuzzy, but I just remember as a... a five or six-year-old having a kick with my dad for the first time and uh, just thought this was the best fun I'd ever had. And uh, from there, it was waiting till I hit seven years of age before I was allowed to join a footy team and, and go and play. And uh, there wasn't too much else that, that uh, I enjoyed better. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed other sports. I enjoyed having a hit of cricket, but really that was uh, filling in time between footy seasons. And that's just loved the game, loved everything about it. And 
as I said, I loved uh, all the different characters you meet along the way. Um, from you know me in my very young years trying to uh, break in at South Fremantle when Malcolm Brown was coaching, and yeah. we had uh, Big Mark Wacko Jackson um, that turned up to play for South Fremantle for a year or two, and um, through you know some of the great players that I then played with in Guy McKenna and Glenn Jakovic, Peter Matera, and those crew, and yeah. um, then getting to coach the likes of Dean Cox and Chris Judd and Ben Cousins and uh, Darren Glass. So, you meet some wonderful people along the way. And, and some characters, as you said. Uh, Malcolm Gregory Brown. Now, you reckon, uh, Worsey, uh, I'm a different cat. Uh, I've been in racehorses with Malcolm. Uh, we've had lovely dinners with, uh, you know, Kay and Malcolm. But I'm sure one day at Subiaco, he nearly strangled a reporter with a microphone cord. <laughs> yes, he... You know, Brownie once got... Um suspended from uh coaching he wasn't allowed on the on the ground for um for four weeks so he hired a cherry picker and he got the cherry picker to lower him over the fence onto the ground where he was an inch above the ground and he coached the players that way one day until they had to change the rules the next week again did it have the desired effect <laughs> well he squeezed an extra game of coaching in that he should have otherwise been suspended for and yeah. i'm sure he got the bulldogs up <laughs> You've just joined us for Tobin Brothers celebrating the football celebrating the football life of John Worsfold. Before we get on to the great years of uh, Michael Malthouse, um, you made a comment before. I'd just like to just uh, you know expand on. You said you always did your best in the junior years. I was speaking to Stan Elves the other night with his wife Judy at a lovely dinner we have. He's a dear friend of ours, Judy and Stan. He believes it's not important to be the best. It's more important to do your best. Did you see some childhood stars that you thought would be household names who have done Jack Shizen? Uh Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, I had some guys that uh, that were great um, competitors of mine as a kid growing up that I really enjoyed playing against, and um, and they faded off. Uh, for a variety of reasons, obviously, sometimes uh, it can be injuries. Sometimes they just lose focus on, on the, or they have other focuses that are that are more important, take up more of the time. And um, yeah, look, I didn't really grow up with a dream to be playing at the top level. I, I loved watching the VFL and the winners, and uh, really, um, I couldn't wait for Sunday night to have a look at the highlights of uh, of the VFL round of footy, but. As a kid, I, I watched that, then thinking, how can I get better? So I'm a I'm a good under 14 player, or you know, then going up an age group the next year and playing against some guys a bit bigger, and you think, how can I compete with these guys and get better? And say, so I just wanted to play really well that year and and train hard and try and improve and and keep playing good footy. So yeah, uh, you know, and then really things just rocketed for me. I was pretty lucky, uh, Reg. You know, I. Broke into the South Fremantle League side as a pretty young kid, as a 17-year-old, and and uh, at the end of that season, um, the, the the West Australian mob had paid four million dollars to the VFL to buy a license to put a team into the VFL comp, and mm. uh, the West Coast Eagles were born, and and as an 18-year-old, I was uh, added to their inaugural list. So yeah, and yeah, and and, and, apart, and apart that we're talking to John Worsfold, a star. And apart from the obvious move of South Melbourne to Sydney, which sort of sparked the national competition, the real catalyst to see Adelaide and Brisbane come in was the formation of the West Coast Eagles. Uh, none more so uh, than that young group who three years after that 
were joined by a man called Michael Malthouse, who this year will break Jock McCall's uh, record. Number one, are you surprised about that? And tell us a bit about the influence that Malthouse had on you and the team when he crossed the Nullarbor. Yeah, look, Reg, I was just talking to some uh, some friends last night um, about Mick's impending record. And, you know, I said, when I, uh, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I thought, no one is ever going to get close to Jock McCall's record. It's just, uh, I was thinking it was a different era and times were, were different, clubs were run differently. And to achieve that was just remarkable. And, uh, and now I see, you know, my old mentor and coach and Mick, um, he's going to break that record and, and pretty much do it in a canter. You know, he's still super fit and healthy and um, still super motivated. So if, if he uh, if he's got the passion, he can coach on for a lot longer. So it is really a remarkable effort. And, um, you know, we were really blessed. Uh, I, Mick took over from John Todd, who I'd had two seasons playing under as a very young man and really learned a lot from John Todd and enjoyed my, my years under Toddy. And, um, but when Mick came in, things really moved uh, in a different pathway where uh, Mick's knowledge of the Victorian-based um, teams, the competition, the grounds, was just so far above uh, anything we'd, we'd had before. And, um, you know, he really stressed to us that uh, you can't just keep seeing yourselves as a, you know, a an interstate-based team in this competition. You've got to become the competition and you've got to... Uh, know them all like they are your your exact neighbours and uh, we really took that on board and um, raised our level of understanding of the competition and our opponents and uh, and obviously trained extremely hard through that period as well and and we had some wonderful success. John Worsfold is our guest now John I don't you and your missus and kids to get concerned but I'm going to give a nice plug to Tobin Brothers all right and go and get your medical because I think you're pretty good aren't you? I'm going pretty good, thanks, Rich. John and listeners, 80 years ago, Tobin Brothers Funerals was founded by brothers Leo, Fonts, Thomas and Kevin. The company flourished due to the brothers' vision of hard work and diverse strengths and interest. I beg your pardon. The first Tobin Brothers branch opened in North Melbourne and these days is home to the head office and chapel. Why don't you contact Tobin Brothers Funerals? They're celebrating lives. I know it's a sad time. But let's celebrate the gift of the breath we were given and how we lived our existence. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. I'll just, uh, John, give a warning to the relays that, you know, in about 90 seconds we'll go for our first break. But I want to mention these names to you. David Dench, North Melbourne Premiership player. Wayne Carey, North Melbourne Premiership player. And Stephen Kernahan. Carlton Premiership player, all legends, all 21, 22-year-old captains with a big weight on their shoulder. In 1991, Malthouse came to you and said, I need you to be captain or I want you to be captain. Tell us about it and, and the way you felt, you know, intimidated or honoured. Share it with our guests today. Yes, it was a, <clears throat> an amazing... Um opportunity and offer from the from Mick and the club so uh, you know I've always uh, basically I asked the coach at the time uh, why he thought I was the right person and uh, you know he he relayed his thoughts to me um, and it lined up with my thoughts which were was uh, if you're going to be a leader don't think 
that means uh, you now have to be someone else or you have to try harder or uh, approach things differently. Um, you know, mixed view was the way I conducted myself, my attitude towards the football club, my teammates and and uh, the game um, showed natural leadership. And, uh, you know, that, that was enough for me to say if, if that's seen by the coaches as, as uh, showing strong leadership in his in his sense of values and beliefs, then um, that certainly lined up with mine because I was just going along being myself. And um, I accepted the role and uh, I saw it as a real challenge because we had some pretty strong-headed and uh, senior guys at the footy club. I was I was very young and we hadn't um, had any real success at that stage. So um, to take on the the leadership, um, you know, was a, was a great honour. But I was also a bit humble in that uh, I had. Um, to set the tone and, and lead the way for some wonderful players that had only played as many uh, VFL or AFL games as myself, but some of them had uh, had played 150 or 200 WAFL games as well before they joined the Eagles when, when I was only a 20-game player. Yeah, well, your contribution to the golden era of West Coast Eagles is indelibly recorded in the history of the AFL. Uh, just take a breath, uh, John. I'll do the same with a drink of water. Realise... Uh, please take your commitments. Uh, and out of the break, we join John Worsfold with the golden years and some of the household names. And then the what happens to us all, retirement. And then a coaching career that actually went to great heights. And of course, as I said to John earlier, a couple of controversial questions of which I'll be interested in the answer. And if there's no answer, I respect this man because he was one of the reasons I got my sandwiches and thermoses and went to the 3RW commentary box. The Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. This is your football life, John Worsfold. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Yeah, folks, thanks for joining us. John Worsfold, an absolute living legend of the game. And I can see there for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Worsfold, the Brick Scheisenhausen off the back. Matera, he gets a hand pass over the top. Sumich has marked it! Marked it and kicked a goal. Mate, I tell you what, uh, I might be a tadpole short of a swamp, but they were great days. The household names that you have a beer with, McKenna, Matera, Sumich, the late main wearing, Kemp, the boy from Kalgoorlie, and Glenn Jakovic, the list goes on. Do you get together regularly? Yeah, we're lucky enough that we do, Rex. Uh, most of the guys are still fairly local around the Perth area, and uh, and we do catch up pretty regularly. You know, some of the, uh, you know, my old vice captain, Michael Brennan, uh, Tony Evans, uh, the little nuggety forward pocket who kicked some brilliant goals in our two premierships in those times. And uh, guys like Brett Hetty, Chris Lewis, uh, we all catch up and, and we're pretty close mates. You know, it's uh, it's always brilliant to see the guys. And, um, you know, we, as you know, you share some special times and it doesn't diminish over, over time. We, we love catching up with each other. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'll never be good enough to be on This Is Your Footy Life, but I went to a, uh, a reunion recently and I said to Tommy before he got sick, I said, uh, this is premiership players only. Tommy said, certainly is, big man. I said, who's that over in the corner? I said, is that, is that one of the caterers? He said, that's Eric Moore. And I hadn't seen him for 40 years. 
And Eric Moore, you can relate to this as a man that knows what courage is. Francis Burke once described courage to me. Going into a situation knowing you're going to get hurt and doing it anyhow, and Cementhead, we used to call him, he stood in the goal square. John Nichols came from the front, uh, Kevin Hall from the other, uh, uh, Vinnie Waite, Jared Waite's father came from the other, and I was on the bench, and Hafey said to me, uh, warm up, Rex. I said, why? He said, they've killed Eric. And we sat, Eric Moore and I, after 40 years, sat down like we did with him on my right and Bondi on my left, and it was as if we'd never, ever been out of the change rooms. John, it's a feeling you can relate to, and, and it's only a feeling you can have if you've been on that great stage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Rex. And that's, that's why I say, you know, we can sit back and say there's medals handed out and there's the trophies won. But, uh, you know, putting yourself out there week in, week out, whether it's a win or a loss, uh, in the mud, in the cold, or in a hot, on a hot stinking Perth day, um, you're all out there working together, and you have to have trust in your mates alongside you, and from that you build great friendships. Now, uh, you had a go at commentating, believe it or not, on Channel Rex, didn't you? Yes, I did, yeah. Um, just... Uh, I was. I would call it the extra comments. I wouldn't say they were special comments, Rex. But very was, special, special, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I was a spacing man to give Dennis the rest. I don't think people wanted to listen to me, but um, yeah, I enjoy. Obviously, as I said, I love the game. And uh, when I'd retired, I had the opportunity to um, sit down and, and put my views on what was happening within games, and I really enjoyed mm. that as well. But I only did it for a year. I reckon I've got a recollection and. Uh... Mitch has got so much uh, stuff here I'm wading through. I, I can't see because I haven't got my glasses. I reckon you were an assistant coach at uh, Carlton before you crossed the Nullarbor to coach your beloved Eagles. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I moved the family over to Melbourne and uh, settled in at the Carlton Footy Club and um, under the tutelage of David Parkin and, and then Wayne Wow. Britton. And, uh, wow. yeah, wonderful times, you know, to... Also, pretty easy gig to settle into. I was in charge of the back line led by Stephen Silvani. So, Goodness uh, me. Older than me, and I think a year before he'd been named fullback of the century. So I said, well, you just do what you want, Soss. I'm not going to tell you uh, anything about how to yeah. do this. But yes. It was a wonderful back line to be, uh, to be working with. Did, did, did you always, at some stage during your career or early in retirement, think, I might like a have, a, have a go at this caper? Yeah, no, I hadn't really thought about it. Um, you know, I'd studied pharmacy. Uh, I'd earned my degree. So my aim for doing that was to always say that when I finish playing footy or if I break down and can't continue on with the game, I've, I've got a fallback position. And uh, that was always my view, that uh, my working life after football would be in a pharmacy. But um, after a year out of the game, I was working in the pharmacy and doing a little bit of commentary and really missed the involvement of being with a team. Yeah, and you know the opportunity arose uh, later that season to have a chat to the Carlton Footy Club about um, starting a coaching, a possible coaching career, but really just um, getting in as an assistant coach and trying to do my best mm. best to help Carlton, and loved every minute of it. It opened up some great opportunities for me, obviously. Thank you very much. We're talking to John Worsfold, courtesy of Tobin Brothers, a wonderful family uh, company, uh, celebrating lives. Uh, okay, we're getting close to a couple of questions you and a few people won't like. But when you first were appointed to your beloved West Coast Eagles, tell me, you know, the feeling 
and tell me how difficult it is to make decisions against young men or even ex-teammates that you know is going to cut to the bone. Yeah, well, that was uh, that was a challenge taking over coaching the Eagles. Um, Peter Matera, Glenn Jakovic, Drew Banfield, Ashley McIntosh, all premiership teammates of mine were still playing. And, uh, you know, that was obviously... I was going to see or be in charge uh, of the end of their careers. Um, really what I found was, Rex, that uh, I'd communicated with those guys all the way through. Um, so I didn't just wait till they were teetering and we thought time was up. I would communicate with them regularly around their aim, what our views were, and make sure that you know, they didn't always line up perfectly, but uh, they always knew where, where we believed they were at. And, uh, and I always knew where they believed they were at. We would work together. And you know, I'm really proud of the way I managed um, that period of those guys finishing their careers and um, you know retiring in the with the respect and dignity that they they deserve. So you know it was always going to be tough, but I think communication is just such a big part of it all. Okay, um, I just love you as a person, and just I, I'm one of your biggest fans. But here goes, and I respect what you say. Uh, the big man Dean Cro- uh, Cox wrote recently in his autobiography that he believed that more than 10 players experimented with drugs and just let me say John I share you and your values there's no a recreational drug is alcohol or tobacco there's no recreational drugs that kill people Uh, well it can uh, alcohol for sure but they're illegal Um, and during the club's reign in 206-207 the big man Cox says uh, you know that it was there. Does it disappoint you? Um, do you have any regrets? And uh, were you aware of it? Um, yeah, look, it is a tough question, Rex. But uh, yes, I was aware of that. That some uh, values, or the values or the culture within our group, had slid to the point where um, some of these guys were using illegal drugs uh, in terms of um, the social aspect of it. Obviously not, there's a massive difference between um, sport performance enhancing Performance enhancing, yeah. Um, And it got to the point, and and it was pretty well publicised, we we had uh, removed Ben Cousins from the captaincy of the Eagles uh, towards the end of 2000 or at the end of 2005 season. So we were already strongly aware that... um, at that stage, Ben's values weren't lining up with what we were demanding from the group, and uh, we were giving Ben every opportunity to address that. We didn't just uh, sack him at the first inclination. Um, we felt he deserved the opportunity to say, "I want to get myself right and and you know live the values that this club's uh, renowned for." And uh, but he couldn't manage to do that. So uh, you know by um, mid 2007, he was suspended for a fair part of the season, and then um, then we released him from his contract uh, at the end of that season. Um, and when you have a captain of a footy club or captain of any organisation, the senior leader setting um, some sort of example. Uh, hopefully, we always pray that they're the best possible examples. Sometimes they they're examples that don't line up with your values, and um, that was the case that we had. And some players definitely uh, thought that they weren't doing anything wrong if uh, if they, we can say, experimented or if they had occasional use of illicit drugs. And uh, that was really disappointing. But 
um, we made a decision as a footy club to address that, and uh, we appointed a new senior group to say they were they were right behind it and going to lead the way. And yeah. Darren Glass and Dean Cox and those guys were outstanding in um, what they then demanded from the playing group and how they led the way out of that. Thank you for your honesty. I'm going to just let that ride now, but I need to ask one final personal question before I uh, thank you for joining us. Are you disappointed that that beautiful era in which you were such an important spearhead of these young men's achievements has been tainted by the association or the alleged association with the horrible word drugs? Look, I'm... Yeah, the way I'd put it, Rex, is that I'm very proud of the way we worked through that that period and uh, some of the results we got. But uh, I uh, abhor any young person, any old person that uh, experiments or uses illicit drugs because I can see how they ruin lives. Uh, Not only the person using the drugs, uh, but their family and friends. And uh, so to know that we had some players that had chosen to head down that pathway for a short period of time, um, you just wish it never happens to, to anyone, whether they're in your footy club or whether they're a player or whether they work out in the back office, uh, whatever. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I just wish and that we continue the fight against uh, any drugs that get into our country that uh, that ruin lives. And um, But as I said, I'm also very proud of the way we work through that, that era that, um, we'd all much rather it didn't happen, but uh, those guys worked pretty hard to become premiership players. They uh, they also wear other reputations, certain players, uh, and that's just life. But uh, they, I couldn't question their commitment to uh, to what they committed to on the training track and on the field. John Worsfold joins us today on This Is Your Football Life. If you just come back from the moon, Pluto, Mars or Uranus, I'm Rex Hunt. One final thing I need to say to you and then ask one more question and let you get on, and I do appreciate your time, you know that. Um, you quit the club in 2013, 12 seasons, having had, you know, 24 of your 27 years in footy at the club. There's a function room at Subi named after you. The best and fairest is named after you. You're now president of the AFL Coaches Association. What is in the immediate medium and long-term future plans of John Worsfold? Oh, the the immediate plans are yeah, enjoy enjoy the diversity in my life at the moment um, because the yeah, majority of my life since I was 18 has been committed to footy fixtures and uh, training, playing, commitments. So uh, now I'm exploring and uh, meeting a lot of uh, a diverse range of people and understanding how different um, communities operate within our society and that's been wonderful. So in the immediate term, continue on with that. So I do some work with the Coaches Association and um, assist a couple of other trusts around. Are you, uh, are, are, you, are you never saying never again to brace the area of the coaches box? Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I, I, I love the game. Um, I'll always, I believe, have an involvement in the game and I really did love my coaching time too. Uh, so I I would love to think that I will coach again, um, but everything would have to be right because you have to be 100% committed. And obviously, uh, for Rodney Rocket Ede, 
you know, age is no barrier. Uh, Mighty Mick Malthouse, age is no barrier. Uh, would you think sometime down the track that you would love to walk into a 19-year-old kid and say, that was me way back in those years. I can help your son because I've been in the thrust and parry of the heat furnace. Would you really love to do that with a good group of young men? Well, that was pretty much my motivation for taking up coaching to start with. Rex was, uh, when I walked in and started coaching the Eagles and we just recruited a young kid called Chris Judd, I thought uh, the football public, the Australian football public deserved to see this guy and some of these other guys in his alongside him playing in a grand final on the MCG in September because he is a star. And uh, I thought that's a responsibility I've got to give these guys the opportunity to perform um, at the best on the biggest stage and, and get a feel for what that's all about. So if uh, if I could do that again, if I could believe I could offer that to a young group coming through, uh, I would be wrapped. We thank John Worsfold, a star and legend of the game. And when the history is indelibly recorded in the AFL, John will take his rightful place amongst the stars. Thank you today for the production and editing skills of young Mitchell Cleary, who is a star. And thank you to Tobin Brothers. Uh, if you'd like to hear extended versions of this interview, which I just think was lovely, not from my point, but from John's point of view, check out facebook.com slash Tobin Brothers Funerals. Follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. So join us next week from 7.30am on Sunday morning on 1116 SEN and right across Australia. Uh, this has been Your Football Life, John Worsfold. <laughs>